0: Welcome to The Hidden Why Podcast. This is episode 956, my interview with Robin Downs. We're discussing her book, The Feel-Good Effect. I hope you enjoy it. Cheers. Hello, Robin. Welcome to The Hidden Why Podcast. How are you today?
1: Oh, I'm good. Thanks so much for having me.
0: No, it's an absolute pleasure, and uh, welcome to the show. You're um, doing a lot of amazing work out there, and certainly aligned with what we like to talk about here on the show, and that is about feeling good. You've got a new book out, The Feel-Good Effect, um, which is quite radical I guess it's simple and it just makes a lot of sense so um, we'll jump into the book and you know talk a bit about your work but how did you um, get to to write this book like what what's brought you here
1: I love that you say radical because it is it's a radically simple book
2: hmm.
1: and I like to say radically simple and ridiculously doable but I think that we live in a, an age that has we've overcomplicated things to the extreme and so sometimes the most radical thing to do is to simplify mm. and uh not always the easiest though right so no. i came to this place i think from a life that had gotten quite overcomplicated, and um i i was working a full-time job 60 hours a week i um was in a full-time Doctoral program studying public policy. I then had a baby, and when I tried to go back to my life after having my baby, um, I couldn't do it, and I could not keep all the balls in the air. And I kept thinking there was something wrong with me, that I was somehow a failure, or that I didn't have the right system or mm. you know, productivity planner. Um, and I was really hard on myself. I kind of was beating myself up and. Um, a lot of negative self talk, saying, like, you know, you should just try harder and be more motivated. And um, that idea about feeling good was not even on the table. And so when I finally stopped to ask the question, what about feeling good? I mean, we only have one life. What am I doing with this one life? It kind of led me down this alternate path where I really looked at um, how humans create, form, and maintain habits. How we can shift our mindset from a neuroscience perspective, um, how we can incorporate mindfulness, and then how to do that in a, like a radically simple way that really works in real life, that doesn't make require that you become a different person or mm. you know move somewhere else, so that you can do it right right here, right now.
0: Yeah, love it. And to keep things simple, I mean, we, we are so complicated, and often you you sort of you do you beat yourself up because we're looking everywhere externally for answers of, of meaning you know in life and then the messages that we're getting is just do more be more productive work harder longer you know don't sleep mm-hmm. and um and then you get all those you know the hacks the productivity planners all these things to try and allow us to do more but it just creates so much stress and burnout and i think that's um must be pretty common huh yeah, out there in the world very today.
1: common very common. And I think more in the West. So, depending on where you mm. are in the world. Um, but I, that word productivity, you really hit the nail on the head. And I, one thing that I've learned in my studies and then working with people is how often we conflate wellness with productivity. And when you confuse taking care of yourself with productivity, that's, I think, one of the places we really go wrong. Because wellness and You know doing the things to take care of yourself mentally spiritually physically emotionally um, it's not about getting more done or putting you know more things on your to-do list Hmm. in my opinion it's the opposite it's like reclaiming the core of what it means to be a human being and that's not about doing more or being more Um, but it requires a really big shift in thinking
0: yeah Absolutely. Um, I love it. I, I interviewed a lady, um, I must have been a couple of months ago now, and she just talked to me about, you know, working hours and, and you know, why are we still working these ridiculously long hours? Um, with everything that we've advanced with progress, you know, technology and all that, you'd think we'd be able to work less. And I look at a schedule, I look at my daily schedule, I look at maybe an employee's daily schedule, I'm self-employed, so it's a little bit different, but I think, you know, we're, we've got so much wasted time and so much stuff that we do in a day which is not necessary um to still have the same uh, results still have the same feel-good effect i suppose um and and you know we could potentially be working half the time in our days maybe four hours a day and still get that same result
1: and the research supports that so one of the chapters in the book is this concept it's the 80 20 rule rule or, mm. or prado's principle which if Came yeah. out of man, like it actually is a really old concept that was then picked up by uh, kind of the management, business management people, um, but it's been proven in um, by science over and over that exactly what you said. So 20% of our actions yield 80% of results, which means if you reverse that, 80% of our actions only yield 20 percent of the results so most of a lot of what we're doing doesn't go anywhere and that's good to know because it really supports the idea that you don't necessarily have to be working every second of the day if you can you know the most important thing is to focus on the most important thing
2: Hmm.
1: and if you can find that 20 percent, you certainly don't need to be constantly you know doing um but you have to you know it requires some intention and some mindfulness and focus in figuring out what that is
0: yeah you got to figure that out and I think what we do instead is rather than trying to figure out what that 20% is we just add more to the eighty percent side of things exactly um, in hope that that will show us show us the the way um, which often doesn't happen sometimes yeah doing less is actually doing more i um and and I like the idea of starting with you know how you want to feel because we often don't even think about that. You know, like you said, you were just working and being productive, but you didn't even have in the equation of, of how you feel. And that's what's probably most important is going, well, how do I want to feel in life? And then work backwards from there, yeah?
1: Yes. It only it only occurred to me when I really felt so bad that I, that was a wake-up call. Mm. And I was standing in the living room with my husband. At, he's my husband now, but at the time we were standing there together and he just said, you know, this isn't what I had in my in mind for our life. I don't want. I don't want to see you so miserable, and I don't think that the things you're striving for and the way that you're striving is, um, you know, contributing to how we want our life to be. And it allowed me to have some space to really focus on how I felt, and I realized I just felt really bad. Um, but I had never even asked the question. And so, when we can create a little space to say, "How do I feel?" and then, I mean, I could talk about radical optimize how you want to feel versus like optimizing for productivity or for these other things. Um, it really it changes things a lot. And I'm not I'm certainly not saying that we want need to feel happy all the time. It's really just about an awareness of how you feel and mm. um, recalibrating um, your decisions based on that versus some other things that you might not care about so much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good point too. I mean, not being happy all the time, I guess that's where some people might think, you know, I want to feel good all the time. And and that's just not, that's just not life, unfortunately.
1: It's not. And, you know, being a human is, requires a full spectrum of emotions. But I do find when people learn how to ask that question, you know, how do I want Hmm. to feel? And, um, they tune in, they can move through negative emotions faster, because they actually acknowledge them. Um, Again, there's plenty of research in the psychological sciences about that, that acknowledging those negative emotions just helps you move through them versus pretending like they're not there. So um, I think it requires like a little higher level of emotional intelligence. And that's something that's very um, learnable. It's something you can practice and learn. And um, like I said, it changes your experience in the world when you can think differently in that way
0: hmm yeah the um and what you've mentioned before like you you feel that in the west where perhaps more this way inclined uh, whether in the east perhaps not what are your thoughts on that like why why would there be a difference there what's the difference in our cultures
1: um well in the united states in particular we're very individual we're Mm. individualism it's pull yourself up by your bootstraps that you're in charge manifest destiny Um, And I know that's not that's like a very U.S. kind of perspective and that really influences people here. But I think in the Western culture, it's a lot about, um, you know, this combination of industrialism and capitalism and how it's affected our um, our roles as producers, that our value is to be part of a system that is maximized and optimized for. Um, financial gain And so I'm certainly not this. I'm not like an anti-capitalist Or anything like that But I think it helps to know that Your um, culture that you live in Very much shapes How mm. you think you should be And um, this striving Like never enough Always having to work Always being on the clock All of that is very much influenced By like this sort of individualism Com- yeah. Capitalism combination and we don't have to do it that way we can Hmm. do something else and i would argue back to that 2080 i mean i'm also an entrepreneur a capitalist (laughs) i I run my own business um i'm interested in making a good profit um and i but i don't work all the time so i think you can quote unquote have it all like in that context yeah that i can still be financially successful without always working and by and with focusing on how i want to feel and taking care of myself and those people around me
0: Mm. and that's the thing like we we go after all this stuff wanting more more never enough um but we don't even know why but if you started with how you want to feel you'd perhaps then realize that maybe i don't need that that and that and i can still you know strive for getting that um so we're just reducing what what we actually really desire in life um Mm -hmm. and still having that same sort of good feel effect at the end of it
1: yeah and it helps exactly what you said it helps people make decisions Hmm. you know do i want to do is that what i want to be doing with my time is that what i want to be spending my focus and attention on um maybe it is but you get to have like kind of better um like way to metric to decide that for yourself
0: yeah how many um what's your sort of working day look like
1: well, you know, right now in, in the U.S. Um, we're we're in lockdown number five or something. So um, mm. we're we're uh, it's crazy virtual. Eh? It is, yeah. Whereabouts you? Very... I'm in the West Coast, so I'm in um, Oregon, Portland, Oregon, just okay. north of California. For those people who don't, okay. Oregon is one of those places that many people are like, "What? Where's that?" <laughs> uh, but we're pretty close to Canada, actually, and so it gets dark early in the winter months right now that mm. we're in the hemisphere. Um, so my daughter's home and my husband is home. And so I'm doing a lot of multi like task switching, which I don't typically love doing. Um, but my tip, my day right now uh, is, a, I do have a morning routine. I actually have like a four part routine that I do throughout my day. Cause I found that I couldn't do a full morning routine, um, but breaking it up has helped. Um, but really what's been fascinating about the last, I don't know, nine months or so since March is that I worked fewer hours than I ever have. And I've actually had the best month financially that I ever had last month. Yeah. And it really helped me forced me to really identify that 20% because that's all I have, you know, um, to yield those 80% results. And, um, so it's been a great reminder that you don't necess you can very much work smarter and not harder, even though I don't think I would have chosen this situation, but it's been an interesting lesson in that.
0: Mm. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, that you can, and I love that idea. And I, I really, um, I think about it often actually lately about, you know, my working hours and, and what is necessary and what is unnecessary and how can I, Um, do less while still yielding the same sort of results. And not in a selfish sort of way, but in a very healthy sort of way.
1: Right. Yeah. Because I still leave a lot of room space for others. You know, right now, a lot of it's going toward my family, but I also have really continued to prioritize those routines and the ways um, that I take care of my wellness. And then work kind of fits in around those things. And I feel like that's a very different way to go about it because in many ways, most people try to fit all that like work and responsibilities are everything. And then they try to fit their own care in the corners Mm. or in the margins. And I'm like, well, well, I just put it in the main place and I'm fitting everything else in in the margins right now.
0: Yeah. Love it. The, um, what, what's your morning routine look like?
1: Well, it's pretty, um, simple because, of the time constraints and then my daughter needs some assistance with getting on to virtual school. Um mm. so it's of uh, some I would say simple uh, small shifts create big change. So some of the small shifts that I made for my morning routine is really basic things. Um, drinking a really big glass of water right off right out of bed. Yeah. I actually go and stand outside even though right now winter in the northern hemisphere here in the US where I am it's pretty like, cold. It's it's thirty Fahrenheit. <laughs> and maybe colder in the night. Mm-hmm. But um just that getting that daylight on the face, even if you do live in a cold climate, just helps with the circadian rhythm, helps with the waking up and it reminds me just of my place in the world. Like the birds or whatever's happening in in the sky or around me, it kind of connects me back to where I am. Hmm. Um, just like five minutes. I mean, I'm pretty cold, so I don't spend a lot of time. No, that's probably
0: good for you anyway.
1: Yeah, th- yeah. I think so. Um, there's probably some research on that. And then um, I try to do like a, um, I get my daughter set up, and then I usually do like a 20 minute, um, either a spin bike or some kind of stretching just to get the blood flowing and, um, you know, lymphatic drainage and all those important things. Um, and then I usually do some work and, uh, then I take a walk a little later. I try to kind of, I call them exercise snacks, like mm. these little bursts of movement throughout the day.
0: Exercise snacks. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I find that people, I'm like, no, I'm not eating while I'm working out. I'm just, I'm breaking it up. Cause I'm, as much as I love a good hour, um, that's not working that well for me right now. So just breaking it up with the movement and mindfulness mm. at various parts of the day has it's great it makes me feel really good but it also makes it sustainable so I make sure I get that it's in good
0: on yeah a daily basis. I like that idea and I think it's important isn't it like even if you're working at a desk all day just to get up every hour you know set a reminder in your phone if you have to but just try and make a conscious effort to get up and, and stretch or move around or do 10 star jumps I certainly yes. don't don't have um too many exercise snacks in the day but I feel I'm On the phone, often enough, I I seem to walk around a lot when I'm on the phone, so I'll probably do a lot of steps.
1: Yes, exactly. Anything like that, I think sometimes people think that it doesn't count, like, oh, you're walking, but you're on your phone, so maybe it's not as good, but all of that adds up. So any way that you can um, move your body in small ways throughout the day, like there's so many benefits from from that, Um, and it adds up by the end of the week, you know? By the yeah. end of the week, all those steps on your calls probably equals quite a good, good bit of mileage.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and you sort of talk about, um, you know, we, we're, we're surrounded by this whole idea of morning routines and I'm a big fan of a morning routine. Um, and I, th- I think you sort of talk about it from an, a stance of how what feels right to you as the individual, not what you think feels right, uh, based on what you've sort of seen out there working for others. And we may have discussed this last time we spoke, but, you know, we can look out there and there's these morning routines and hacks and all these different things that we can do in the morning to to make us more productive or more effective during the day. And I do agree that it, it certainly helps, but there's so much out there. And then I think what happens is people latch on to certain things. It doesn't work for them. It doesn't fit their routine or their lifestyle, or perhaps it's just the activity doesn't work for them. And then they stop and they give up and say, yeah, no, I'll I'll just leave the morning routine. But where I think you come from, and I certainly believe, is that you really need to trial things and experiment and find out what works for you. Like you've just said, you know, you've had to adapt a morning routine and a daily routine even to fit your lifestyle as a mum that works from home, you know, that's got a family.
1: Yes. And it is that experimental mentality. And I think also again, flipping from like, I'm doing a morning routine as a way to be productive. And certainly it contributes to productivity. And that's great. But I think if you think more about how does this routine make me feel now and later, Hmm. it might help you to make better decisions about what you want to include or exclude. Um, So for me with the water or with the standing outside or the 20 minutes, um, I really felt I've noticed with that experimental mindset is like, wow, when I don't drink the water, I feel a lot more lethargic all day, just that simple thing. And when I don't do the 20 minutes of the movement, I feel groggy and tired. And so it's less about doing this grand routine, because that's what someone told me to do. And much more about honing in and asking like, how do I want to feel? For me, obviously, energy is important, mm. and <laughs> just making it through the day. So those really contribute to feeling um, grounded and awake and energized and open and some of these words that I use. Um, and but for you, they might not. So I think, like, really owning what works for you and knowing that you can take what, le- what take what you leave and uh, leave what you don't,
0: and don't feel bad. Right. <laughs> if- I think I used to Great. beat myself up because so I used to try things and then I'd go, eh. and it just wasn't working. Um, but I kept experimenting and trying different things and, and I figured it out, and I still, and you probably do this and I'm sure a lot of people do, the morning routine for me is, is quite set in stone, but I'll change it every six months or every year, you know, I'll do something different, I'll, I'll switch it around. Um, because I feel like it's sometimes it can become a bit complacent or stale if you're just in that same sort of routine every day. And sometimes, you know, moving things around or doing something a little bit different just um, refreshes things and, and brings in, you know, more motivation and interest.
1: Right. And I feel I find that people feel bad sometimes. Maybe they've tried over and over to have a morning routine and for whatever reason, maybe they're a shift worker or mm-hmm. they're a parent with a newborn or. You know, aging parents, all of these reasons that they just can't do it in the morning. Hmm. You don't have to do it in the morning. <laughs> you can do it. I have a midday routine and a mid-afternoon routine and an evening routine. So
2: hmm. I
1: think sometimes you you totally identified it, that people feel bad when they're not doing it the way they think they should. Yeah. And if you've tried it and you've given it your best and you you really know, like, this doesn't work that's great to know. And you don't have to feel bad about that. Like yeah. do it at a different time or do a different, you know, I different. tried running for years and years mm. and it just not right for my body. And it You're was tall. a gift. I'm very tall. I'm six feet. I thought you were. A woman. You look yeah. tall. Um, I'm about, I played basketball. But, there you go. But Slim no dogs. running. And I kept wanting to because my husband's a runner. And the the day that I finally gave myself the gift of saying, you really tried this. I've tried over and over it's okay to not be a runner. It's not for you. And I just it was so freeing. So. That's funny,
0: isn't it? Yeah, I, yeah. I've been through that same experience. Like this year, I used to run. I was never a runner as a kid. I was a bit of a tubby fat boy. But <laughs> when I um, got to university, I started running, you know, and I started to enjoy the, the, the thrill of running. Anyway, I, I continued to run, but my body type isn't really made for running. And I, I certainly have noticed from uh, many years of running now that my body has had that impact you know um so i've just stopped this year and it feels good i was just like you know what i don't have to run i love swimming i go swimming you know most mornings and that's okay i'll just stick with that
1: yeah so it's um, it's so empowering i feel like people sometimes my mom just started swimming again after years of not and and she just told me the other day you know i just love how i feel when i get done with swimming i just love it that's the empowering
0: part isn't it because when yeah. you do something that feels good to you internally that's when you feel uplifted and you've made the decision saying you know what I don't have to be a runner and you've you know even though you're taking away a task that you think is good for you or probably is good for you um, you feel good from making that decision because it's based on an internal decision
1: yes absolutely
0: huh. what um, so you do a lot of walking yoga
1: mm-hmm. I do a lot of walking. A lot of yoga and then a lot of, I just have like a home spin bike. So that's, oh, been, yeah. that's
2: pretty that cool. was a
1: new addition. So I do think there's, like you said, just especially with uh, being home so much more, I had actually gotten the bike before the yeah. um, pandemic started, but w- once it hit, it, I really couldn't go to my yoga studio anymore. So... Um, it gave me a chance to try some new things and I've really been enjoying that as well just kind of it's a great endorphin like sweaty kind of workout but without having to leave the house so that's been pretty fun.
0: How do you um it's just one of those yeah spin bikes what is your routine on that do you just get on there 20 minutes like do one of the the courses I think they've got the electronic courses don't they or something?
1: Yeah I have the Peloton app. So it's not a real Peloton bike but I sort of diy'd my own peloton and so it has a cadence sensor i bought a cadence sensor and then i use the app and so i just follow along with the instructors and um i find too that i personally again this is such great when you know yourself and you can identify it it's so helpful I know that I like a mix of like sometimes getting instructor telling me what to do. And then I also really enjoy movement where no one's telling me what to do. So Mm. I kind of like to mix them in, but that one's nice because there are days where I just don't want to think about it. I just want them to tell me and I do what they say and
0: it works. (laughs) Same with like meditation. Like I do. Um, and I haven't been really getting good at my mindfulness this year actually, but I used to use a lot of, you know, like headspace app or guided meditation, um, but I'd also sometimes just like just to sit there and do it myself. Um, and I assume you're, you're quite into mindfulness and meditation, are you? Yes. What's yeah, your routine I, look like with that?
1: You know, a lot of it has been shifting more toward mindfulness practices versus meditation, yeah. at least recently. What
2: and, do you mean by um, that?
1: Well, so the different, I think a lot of people know about meditation and don't totally know the difference between like meditation is a form of mindfulness but mindfulness really just means paying attention on purpose without judgment of yourself okay so anything I can do to pause and pay attention on purpose Hmm. that being present focused awareness um, has been really life-changing for me and um, sometimes I find it just works a little bit better in my life than just a meditation practice so yeah that might just be as simple in the afternoon as pouring a cup of tea and just sitting and mindfully savoring in that cup, not looking at my phone, not talking to anyone, just sitting and savoring like five minutes, like not long. Um, and a, and then I also journal as well, like kind of a mindful journal practice. But uh, I just my life seems so I'm um, constantly interrupted right now with everyone being home that those mo- mindful moments. Hmm um, have really been working for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a good way to do it. And I sort of found that with the swimming, you know, going to the pool for 30 minutes or 45 minutes, whatever it might be. Um, there's no distractions there and you, you're only with your, your mind, but you, your mind can be very distracting obviously. So, but I certainly found, feel that that's beneficial. You know, it creates a, a higher sense of awareness throughout my day.
1: Yeah. And that just a little bit of silence, um, it's hard to find right now in life, but I think mm. any anything that you can do to find that pause and silence, whether that's swimming or walking without something in your ears um, yeah. or, yeah. you know, um, drinking something mindfully, whatever it is, uh, it's really our soul and our body knows, recognizes the importance of it, and when it doesn't have it, it knows. Mm. Um, so giving yourself that is really important.
0: It's nice. Yeah, I love it. Um, you've got the fantastic book out, of course, uh, the feel good effect. So it's on Amazon mm-hmm. published Any- September, was yes. it
1: September 1st? And in it's, it should be on Amazon many places worldwide.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'll stick a link in the show notes so everyone can check it out. The feel good effect and, um, they can reach you. You've got a, a website. So
1: I have a podcast called The Feel Good Effect as well. So if you enjoyed this conversation, you can come on over, talk about similar things there. And then the website is realfoodwholelife.com. And then I'm on Instagram at realfoodwholelife as well.
0: Okay, I'll stick those links in the show notes, guys. So check it out. And uh, thank Robin for coming on the show today. How did you find that, Robin?
1: Oh, it was great. Yeah, thank you.
0: I appreciate sharing. Lots more in the book, guys. So check it out and um, check it out at thehiddenwide.com. Robin, thanks for coming.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thanks for tuning in, guys. Until next time, peace, passion and purpose. See you soon. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwhy.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well.